for continuing our series today called Fight Club. Come on, look at somebody next to you, say, it's time to fight. Come on, it's time to fight. So I've been fighting sinuses all week. Anybody else? If my voice sounds a little different, that's what it's been. It's been a, it's been a fight for me this week. I went on a run this week and my back spasmed up on a run. I mean, I was like, devil, you are not getting me. I ran, ran through it all. And um, I, I just believe we are in a fight right now more than ever. I pray that this series has been encouraging to you. For those that have been a part of this series, we, are, uh, we just wrapped up round five last week and uh, talking about fighting for our families. And uh, we're going into round six today. And I, I'm really, really excited about going into round six because the title of my message today is called WrestleMania. Come on, somebody, let's go, let's go, let's go. <clears throat> now, I grew up in the 80s. Anybody watch WrestleMania? Hulk Hogan. Come on, the Hulk. Come on, somebody, all right. Hulkmania is running wild with you, brother. <laughs> I thought about ripping my shirt when I said WrestleMania, but I don't want lust to break out into the church. And so, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm taken. I remember Macho Man, look at, look at this, watch. I remember this, Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh yeah, all right. I gotta watch it because my voice is gonna go if I just try to do all this stuff more. <clears throat> the reason uh, I'm calling this message WrestleMania is because we're actually gonna look at a story today of a man who has been wrestling his whole life. That's, that's the mark of his life has been wrestling. He's just been wrestling. Uh, from his birth all the way almost to the end of his life, he was wrestling, and it's a man by the name of Jacob. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 25. We're actually going to look at the birth of Jacob first, and then we're going to go look at Jacob's life when he was 97 years old. So we're going to get a, we're going to get a picture on the front. We're going to get a picture on the back. And uh, hey, would you do this real quick? We welcome everybody that's joining us online. We're glad that you're here. So excited. <clears throat> So um, let's go to Genesis 25. Let's, let's start with the birth of Jacob. Take a little look at, at his life. It says this. So <clears throat> real quick for you to realize that Jacob is a twin. Jacob is a twin. And it says the first one was red at birth and covered with thick hair. Come on, how many know Rebecca didn't know she was birthed in Chewbacca? And uh, <clears throat> like a fur coat. I mean, no, when that baby came out, you're like, what in the world? Uh, so his name was, what? Esau, his name is Esau, all right? Then the other twin was born, watch this, with his hand grasping on Esau's heel, trying to pull him back in. I mean, no, wrestling from the womb, competition. I mean, no, that mama already knew right out the gate, this is gonna be fun right here, two kids. So they named him Jacob. Esau, his father, was 60 years old when the twins were born. Somebody say, help me, Jesus. <laughs> 60 years old when, he was, when these two, two were born, and they were already fighting before they even came out of the womb. Think about that. Already fighting with this. They were wrestling in the, room, in the womb, and this was, this was really Jacob's life. He was wrestling at nine months old, but he was also wrestling at 97 years old. And for those in here who feel like your life has just been a bunch of wrestling, 
wrestling over finances, wrestling over your identity, wrestling over the past, wrestling with your parents, wrestling with friends, wrestling with your identity and your destiny and your purpose, uh, this message is for you today. We're gonna talk about what does it look like when we're wrestling through life. Um, one of the fights that I feel like we need to talk about, which is where we're going in this message, is this fight within. There's a real enemy that's after you, but some of your greatest enemy that you're fighting is not with the devil, is with you. I got one amen on that one, I knew it, that's all right, I know. And uh, many of us are wrestling with things. So if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to, here's the big idea today, okay? Big idea is that many of us are wrestling between who we've become and who we're supposed to be. Who we've become and then who we're supposed to be. Some of you right now, you're, you're, you're not where God wants you quite yet. And all of us, of course, are in a journey and all of us are in the, the place of becoming more and more of what God has called us to be. But some of you have really taken a major detour. Uh, you know that God has called you here, but you've taken a detour for a while. And today I, I hope to bring us back to the place where we get on the same page of where God wants us to go. So we saw Jacob at nine months. I wanna show you now Jacob at 97. Jacob is 97. Uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to a, a story, a couple stories that happened in the middle of Jacob's life. But Jacob is on his way back home. I'll tell you why he's coming back home in just a minute. I don't wanna, I wanna tell you quite yet, but he's been on the run for 21 years of his life. Wrestling in life, he's on the run. God has blessed him, but he's, he wants to come back home. He needs to restore some relationships that have been broken. And so Genesis chapter 32 starts with this journey back home. And it says this, during the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. That's another topic for another day. Um, <clears throat> That's a whole nother series. And so his two servant wives, yet again, another topic for another day, and his 11 sons, and he crossed the Jabbok River or the Yabak River with them, all right? So the crossing over, after taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. Then this left Jacob, what? All alone in the camp. And a man came, how <clears throat> many theologians believe, that this is what's called a Christophany. A Christophany is where God himself showed up in person in the Old Testament. So we know Jesus didn't show up uh, until uh, the New Testament being born by Mary, but there are moments in the Old Testament where God kind of showed up himself. One of them we know was when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a fire and they said, hey, didn't we throw three guys in there? We see four. That was one of the moments where God was, showed up physically. Many believe that this was also the same moment. God showed up in physical form. <clears throat> so Jacob's there, this man is there, and guess what they're doing? And he wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. How many know that's a long wrestle? A long wrestle. Now watch this. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip, all right? And he wrenched it out of its socket. That's painful. Anybody had some hip issues? It's one of the most painful ones. He, he hits him in the hip and uh, gets it out of socket. Then the man said, let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, everybody help me with this. I will not let you go 
That is my prayer for all of us, that when it comes to when we are wrestling with God, which by the way, a lot of this is a metaphor with prayer, that when we're wrestling God with God in prayer, we say, God, I'm gonna keep coming back to you until you bless me, until you answer, until you show up. There are some things in our lives that we have not persevered enough for that God's going, will you keep knocking? Will you keep coming? Will you keep believing? Will you keep dreaming? And Jacob says, I ain't letting you go until you bless me. And so watch what he says. He says, what is your name? The man asked him and he replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called who? Israel. Watch this. Because you have fought, you fought with God and with men and have won. And he goes on and he says, so now Jacob, you know, if somebody hits your hip and then someone's going to change your name, I mean, no, you want to know what their name is. So Jacob says, hey, please tell me your name. And he says, well, why do you want to know my name? The man replied, then, watch, by the way, he didn't answer the question. Then he blessed Jacob there. Watch, continues. Jacob named that place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. Father, we, uh, we dedicate this morning to you. We, uh, we thank you so much for what you want to say and what you want to speak to us. Our, our ears are open. Our hearts are open. Our mind is ready to receive all that you have for us today. So Holy Spirit, would you speak today? God, I want to get out of the way and uh, you do what you do. May your word go forth in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. All right, let's talk about three wrestling matches that we all face in life. Three wrestling matches we all face in life. We're gonna look at the story of Jacob and I'll pull out some of the wrestle that he wrestled through and I believe it's applicable to all of us today. Number one is we wrestle with our identity. We wrestle with our identity. When you don't know who you are, you try to be everybody else. And it is so important for you to understand who you are. Jacob has wrestled with identity from the very beginning though. I wanna show you, if you go back and you look in Genesis chapter 25, the story of his birth, we know that there's two twins, Jacob and Esau. These guys could be polar opposites. How many of you have more than one child? Raise your hand, more than one child. How many of you, your children are very different from one another? All right, how many, God bless you with the first one, they were perfect, and then the second one came, you're like, dear heavenly, if you came first, I don't know if I would add another one. Now, that wouldn't be the case. Judah is a perfect angel, but um, there is, you know, and then you have multiple ones and you get all different personalities. That's what happened in this moment. <clears throat> These two guys were polar opposites. Let me show you how polar opposite they were. It says, as the boys grew up, we know one is uh, Chewbacca-like, all right, okay? Jacob is fair and tender. He is, he's, he's, uh, he's very, um, the, the word that was used was, um, uh, soft-skinned. So you got one that came out looking like Chewbacca, and then you got one that came out looking like Fabio, you know? <laughs> and it says, as the boys grew up, so of course, as they're growing up, their personalities are now becoming more noticeable. Esau became a skillful hunter. 
So this man was an outdoorsy type of guy. <clears throat> he was an outdoors, outdoors man. I mean, this Esau was probably watching ESPN, the hunting channel. He's killing things. He's got animals in his pockets every time he comes home. He's that type of guy, you know? He's probably trying to figure out how to sharpen his knives and all of that. Then you got Jacob. He's quiet tempered. He prefers to stay at home. Okay, so this, this, boy, this boy likes to be at home. He's probably got a Pinterest account. Probably. <laughs> Was that too far? I'm sorry, okay. Uh, he likes to cook. Yet again, nothing wrong with all of these things. Probably watches The Bachelor. Um, <clears throat> so these guys are two totally opposites, okay? So that's the big thing. They're just two totally opposites. Where I think though that Jacob had his identity issue was not so much that the two sons were so opposite, it was how the family treated him. And I wanna show you what scripture says. I believe this is where some of the identity issues came with Jacob. Isaac, Jacob and Esau's daddy, loved who? Esau. He's like, that's my man, that's my man child because he enjoyed eating the wild game that Esau brought home. But Rebecca, his mama, loved Jacob. So he was a mama's boy. This is a typical mama's boy. Daddy is drawn to Esau, loves Esau. Mama is drawn to Jacob, she loves Jacob. And I believe from a very early age, he discovered that his father wasn't as keen to him as he was to his older brother. He didn't feel accepted by the one whose affirmation he needed the most. And I believe in that moment, what ends up happening is he begins this process of trying to gain affirmation from his father. Which by the way, Pastor Bubba and I were in a meeting this past week and one of the guys that was there made a great statement. He talked about how we're in a fatherless generation. How many believe we are in a fatherless generation? There are more kids being birthed into homes of fatherless generations. Listen, there's a lot of people being daddies, but not many being fathers. Listen, you just need anatomy to be a daddy, but it takes a man of character to be a father. And father, it's huge. Fathering does something, watch this. Fathering, you name your sons, you claim your sons, and you bless your sons. This is what fathers do. We carry the last names of not our mothers, we carry the last names of our fathers. So our fathers name us. In the Garden of Eden, Adam had the responsibility by God to name the animals. He had the responsibility of naming things. This is what fathers do, fathers name their children. Um, also, on top of that, fathers claim their children. If you remember the story of Jesus, when he came out of the baptism, the father opened up heaven and said, this is my son, and didn't stop there, in whom I am well pleased. He not only named him, but he claimed him. This is my boy. This is my boy. And, and that was before Jesus ever performed a miracle. That was before Jesus ever did anything. Hey, fathers, how, how important it is for us to claim our sons, not based off of their performance, but just because they're our sons and our daughters. This, of course, applies to daughters as well. More women battle and men battle with sexual promiscuity when they don't have fathers at home. 
So it's important for us to realize the importance of this. And here we are, Jacob, really his father clings to Esau and uh, his mother clings to him. And, and, and yet again, nothing wrong with mothers being nurturing to their sons. Praise God for that. But there's something about what a man does when he names his son, he claims his son, and then he blesses his son. Watch this, because we live in a fatherless generation, we have individuals now all of these young people that are growing up, everybody that's here that's graduating and all of our young people, if they don't have a father that will do those things, they will name themselves, claim themselves, and bless themselves. You can't do that though. So what they do is because they're so disoriented about who they are, they name themselves something that they should never be named. Are y'all with me? This is why people are confused, like, am I a boy or a girl? Have a father name you and say, this is what you are. This is what God's called you. Are y'all with me? Okay. And listen, I know that's not popular in today's culture. Well, you can just be whatever you want to be. No, you can't. God the Father calls us and names us. And, and I love this as well. And I, I need every single parent in here to hear me. The Bible says, though, that God is a father to the fatherless. So if you're in a home where there wasn't a father, God the Father can step in and do what your husband or former husband did not do. Or he'll put spiritual fathers in your children's path that will do that for you. Are y'all with me? And so it's important for us to realize that, and I believe that began his identity issue because if you fast forward, one of the days uh, Esau was hunting and Esau, of course, was an avid hunter. He came in, he, had, he was starving. He had been hunting all day and he came in and Jacob was doing what he was doing, making gumbo. I mean, that's what he was doing. And so I don't know if it was, but I'm sure because that's biblical, I think. And, um, and, so, and so Esau says, I'm hungry. Man, feed me. And Jacob goes, ah, this is my moment. This is my moment to get my dad to approve of me because one of the things that you gotta realize is that every firstborn son got the birthright and got the blessing. Got the birthright and got the blessing. And so Jacob says, this is my moment. I'll tell you what, I'll give you some of my gumbo. You give me your birthright. And in a moment of what a teenager does, temporary satisfaction, that's momentary, willingly sells something of greater value for something temporary. He gives it away and he takes, he takes his, his birthright. Fast forward, number of years later down the road, <clears throat> there comes a moment where Isaac is about to die and he tells Esau, this is the moment. I want to put, I want to confirm my blessing on you. So he says, I want you to go and hunt. I want you to bring back your kill. I want you to feed me, and then I will bless you. He goes on the hunt, and in that moment, Rebecca and Esau devise a plan that says, this is what we're gonna do. I think you should have that blessing, not your brother. So this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna put on all of your brother's clothes. You're going to make uh, uh, some food for your father, and then I'm going to put fur on your arms, and on, your back, on the back of your neck. I'm gonna make you look and feel like Esau. Now, you gotta know, Isaac was nearly blind. He couldn't see. And so here we are. He comes into the room with his father, who's literally on his deathbed, and, and <clears throat> father. <laughs> I mean, I, I can imagine he's trying to imitate the voice of his brother. 
And, and the father asked this question, what's your name? He says, it's Esau. And in that moment, he brings some stew and he says, it doesn't really sound like Esau. Let me, let me, let me, let me feel you. So then he puts his arms out and he feels his arms. It feels like Chewbacca, okay. <laughs> and then he says this, come close and let me smell you. Let me smell you. And, uh, and, and because he had all his clothes on, he, he smelt him. And so then he lays his hand on Jacob and gives him his blessing. At that moment, of course, guess who shows up? Esau shows up in that moment and finds out that Jacob has stolen his blessings and there's no take backs. And Esau in his anger, of course, says this. All right, when dad dies, I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna find you and I'm gonna kill you. I I mean, uh, Jacob, of course, ends up going on the run, and that's where we catch up a little bit of this. He's been on the run from his brother Esau for 21 years. Now watch this. I believe a lot of what we see Jacob do, we do the same thing. We fake things to get things we think we need. I need you to hear me very closely on this. God cannot bless who you pretend to be. God cannot bless who you pretend to be. Because watch this, Jacob got exactly what he wanted, but he never could enjoy it because he wasn't really his. So, so he got, so listen, this can work in the workplace where you do something to one up somebody to make them look bad. So you get the promotion and you actually get the promotion, but you know what you did to get the promotion. So even though you got it, you know what you had to do to get it. And so you lost a little bit of your character because you had to go do something a little under the table to make it happen. This can happen. We can hide behind religiosity at a lot of times. We can make ourselves look better as as if we're really loving the Lord well, but really we're going home and we're treating everybody terribly. I mean, no, God doesn't just bless church attendance. God blesses obedience. God doesn't just bless the, the outward picture. I mean, no, we can fake men, but we can't fake God. You can lie to men all day long and they'll believe you and go, oh, okay, great. But when it comes to the Lord, God knows. And you go, well, God did bless him. Yeah, but the truth was he wasn't really blessed because he's on the run for 21 years and he's running not only, watch this, he's not only running from Esau, watch this, I believe he's running from himself. Here's here's why this is the huge part that you need to understand. Jacob thought Esau was his primary problem and that what God needed to change was Esau. When actuality, Jacob was Jacob's biggest problem and Jacob needed to change. Because Jacob, the name Jacob means trickster, deceiver, heel grabber. I mean, that's been his whole life. He tricked for birthright, he tricked for blessing. He was a deceiver and here we are, this is the moment where God calls him out and his father asked him who he was, he said Esau, But watch this, in Genesis 32, when he's wrestling with God, God also says, what is your name? And he doesn't say Esau this time, what does he say? He says, my name is Jacob. Every time God asks you and I a question, is it because he doesn't know the answer? 
No, it's because he wants to know if you know the answer. So really what he was doing in that moment was saying, who are you? In all of his life, he's been other people. He's tried to be other people. He's tried to be like his dad to gain his approval. He's tried to be like his brother. And here we are finally in his moment. He's 97 years old and he's like, I'm Jacob. I'm the deceiver. I'm the trickster. I'm the heel grabber. And in that moment, God says, that's who you used to be. You're not gonna be called that anymore. How many know once you get an identity from God, it changes everything. It changes everything. We see, what, we see that Jesus did that with Saul when Saul had a sketchy past of all the things that he did. And Jesus says, you will no longer be called Saul. You will now be called Paul. God gives us a new identity. And so many of us are trying to find our identity in our possessions or in what people say about us or what our father should have said about us, but he didn't say about us or, or our job or our status. I mean, no, you'll never find your identity in any of those things other than what Jesus calls you as his son or as his daughter. This is huge. And we wrestle with identity. And those that are going to college, I'm just telling you right now, you better know who you are now because you're going to college and they're gonna to try to name you. They're gonna to try to put a title on you. Jacob didn't get to call himself Jacob. His parents called him Jacob. But God changed his name to Israel. He didn't pretend, Jacob didn't pretend to be someone else in this moment with God. Is because God's not looking for perfection, he's looking for honesty. And sometimes in our prayer, we're wanting God to change the situation and God's going, I'm just trying to change you. I'm trying to change you in this moment. God, fix all this, he's trying to change, change us. You go from being Jacob, the one who manipulates and deceives, to Israel, the one who trusts. Psalms 32 says it this way, watch. Psalms 32 says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength, what did it do? It evaporated. Anybody in here knows if you fake long enough, it's exhausting. Because even the little bit of lie that you live, if you live off of lies, eventually you get to the place to wonder if what you're saying is actually even true or not. You've lied to yourself so much about who you are that now it's become your truth even though it's a lie. And the problem though is when you know you're living a lie, you never can be walking in joy, you never can be walking in peace because you're always afraid you're gonna get found out. And, and so your strength evaporates like water in a summer heat. So finally, David says, I confessed. I came clean. I got honest about all of my sins to you. And I stopped trying to, I stopped trying to hide. I'm going to tell you right now, the church is filled with so many people who are professional hiders. We can come into church and look great and how you doing? And I'm blessed and highly favored. And but you know deep inside, you are stressed and highly frustrated. And it's not until the place that you become real, it's not until the place that you become vulnerable, it's not until the place that you stop trying to hide. I believe God is doing the same with us as he did with Adam and Eve. Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? God knew where Adam was. God's the best hide and seeker. He knows where you are. He wants to know, do you know where you are? 
I'm gonna stop trying to hide my guilt. And so I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and watch what he's met with. And so you what? You forgave me and all my, all my guilt is gone. Come on, how many wanna live that way? Guilt is gone, guilt is gone, guilt is gone. So we wrestle with our identity, but God, God's trying to give us a new identity. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are new. God's trying to give us new. The second thing that we wrestle with is we wrestle with our past. Wrestle with our past. We say things like, man, I can't believe that happened, and I can't believe this is going on. I can't believe I, I, I still work here. I can't believe I stay, stayed here. I can't believe I left. And we spend all of our energy and all of our effort and all of our time trying to figure out what happened and why that happened and how to get from where we are and what's going on and what's caused us. Listen, if, let's put it this way. If you decided today after service Hey family, we're gonna pack up, we're gonna to go to the beach in Destin. We're gonna to go to Destin for the next week, all right? And so you pack up and you're on your way to Destin and three hours in, you look up and it says, welcome to Houston, Texas. <laughs> I mean, no, that's not gonna be a good drive. Somebody, somebody probably getting a little angry. <clears throat> Watch this. So you got two options, ready? Two options. Option one, pull off to the side and go look at all of the wrong turns that you made. Oh my God, what, why'd you do this? Why'd you turn there? Why'd you do this? Why did this happen? Why? Or option two, just put in the new coordinates for where God wants you to do, turn around and start heading back to Destin. So we can ex exorbit all of our energy to try to figure out all of the past issues, but I mean, no, that doesn't really change. Or we can start spending all of our energy trying to figure out where God wants to bring us. Where is God taking us in this place? Where does God want us to go? Exodus 3, verse 6, I love this. He says this, when God speaks of his relationship, he says, I am the God, your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Israel. Oh, wait, I thought he changed his name. Maybe, just maybe, God is just wanting us to know that he's not just the God of the new us, he's also the God of the old us. Like God's not concerned with the past. He, he doesn't mind letting us know. God is not just the God of the parts of us that are pretty. Come on, how I many know God is the God of the parts of us that are deceptive and lying? God is the God that is forgiven and healed. He is the God of Jacob. We can't go back and change the beginning, but we can start where we are and change the ending. And I love this quote I heard years ago. It said this, the devil can't speak to your future because he doesn't know it. But God won't speak of your past because he's forgotten it. Amen. So anytime you want to keep thinking about your past, just know that's not God. That's not God. So we wrestle with our past. God, God's forgiven that. God's, if, you've, if you've surrendered your heart to that, God has forgiven those things. And then lastly is we wrestle with God. So we wrestle with our identity, we wrestle with our past, but we really also are wrestling with God. Jacob was 97 years old. He had been wrestling for 97 years of his life. And he finally came to the moment where he said, enough's enough, this is it. This is it. 
Jacob for 97 years had tried to get his marriage right. He had tried to get blessings. He had tried to acquire money, which he did acquire money. He had herds. He had, he had a couple of wives. Yet again, we'll talk about that another time. He had, I mean, he had all the things that it seemed like a person would need to have peace and hope and strength. But watch this. But he was frustrated. He was frustrated because sometimes we don't need peace of our situation. We need peace and resolve on the inside. We're asking God to fix the outside and God's going, I'm trying to fix the, I'm trying to fix the inside. When God's wrestling with you, he's not wrestling with you about situations. He's wrestling with you because how many know he's trying to wrestle with your heart. He's wrestling with your mind. This is what he's, he's so after. So what do we do when we're wrestling with God? And God's been in this wrestle with us and we know it's God. We know he's been challenging us. We know he's been calling us. We know he's been telling us to do something. We keep saying, no, 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 no. And it's been this constant wrestle. At some point, you gotta do this. You gotta give up control. At some point, you gotta give up being in control. If you wanna know what it means to follow Jesus, Mark says it this way. Mark chapter eight, calling the crowd. Everybody say the crowd. Watch this, watch it. This is a crowd. We have a crowd. Jesus calls the crowd to join his disciples. Okay, so watch. So it's, there's a crowd, but he's inviting them into relationship to be a disciple. You can be a crowd or you can be a disciple. He said, anyone who intends to come with me has to, has to, let me lead. Let me lead. You can be a part of the crowd and you be in control. But if you want to be my disciples, I'm in control. I'm in control. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. Okay, so for all of us that, that are obsessively compulsive when it comes to control, speaking to myself here, God doesn't want you to be number one. He wants to be number one. He doesn't even want you to be number two. You're number three. Because it's Jesus, it's others, then it's you. It's putting Jesus first in our life, going, God, you, it's, it's all for you. God, I'm, I'm all for you in this moment. I'm not, I mean, no, at, at our Savior's Church, we're not calling crowds, we're calling disciples. I'm not, listen, I don't care about building crowds. I wanna build people. I wanna build people that are disciples of Christ, followers of Christ. Some of you have been spent your whole life, you've spent your whole life striving and wrestling and fighting and winning the blessings of God Winning the blessings of God comes from losing to God. I'm gonna say that again. Winning the blessings of God comes from losing to God. Meaning that he overtakes, he hits the hip. We got a hip, we got a, we got a limp now, everywhere that we go. But you know what that limp did? It reminded him he's not in control anymore. God's got this. This was, this was his, his marker to the world that I've wrestled with God. I'm not the man that I used to be. I'm Israel. He's got a limp now, but he's got peace now. 
He's got a limp now, but he's got joy now. He's got a limp now, but he's got restoration now. He's got a limp now, but he's got what matters the most, which is this thing he's been wrestling with for 97 years. And so, if you want God to move in your life, I wanna give you two thoughts and we're done. We're wrapped up. Two thoughts, if you want God to move in your life, you want the blessings of God on your life. You've been wrestling through your identity, through your past with God. Here's how we get the blessings of God. Number one, brokenness precedes breakthrough. Brokenness precedes breakthrough. Psalms 51 verse 17 says this, the sacrifice that you desire is a what? Come on, everybody say it with me. Is a what? What is the sacrifice that God desires? He desires a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. I'm telling you right now, if you come to God and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I'm done. God, I'm not running anymore. God, I repent. God, I turn to you. I mean, no, that is the most beautiful words to the Lord's ears. God, I need you. God, I can't handle this without you. Reminds me of a story of a doctor and a lawyer. They both came to church together. Both of them not saved, both of them living for themselves, both of them having major successful careers and they come and they, they hear the gospel presented. The doctor at that moment repents, turns his heart over to the Lord, gets saved. The lawyer does not. The lawyer walks out, still the same, still pursuing all of his own things. Weeks go by, both men keep coming to church. The doctor is really just has a new countenance on him. He's looking differently. God's doing incredible things. The lawyer's just wrestling. He's just wrestling. Four, five, six weeks pass by, and finally, the sixth week comes. The lawyer hears the gospel, and his heart responds to the gospel, surrenders his life to the Lord. They're on their way out, and him and the doctor are on the way out, and he looks at the doctor, and he says, man, how did you get saved so quickly. How did that happen? And the doctor looks at him and he says, I pleaded guilty when you were trying to plead your case. I just pleaded guilty. I said, God, I, I need you. God, I'm guilty. I need you. And if you've been wrestling with God, I bet it's because you've been trying to plead your case more than just saying, God, I just need you. God, I just need you. So, so we gotta, we gotta understand that brokenness, contrite heart, repentant heart precedes breakthrough. And then lastly, number two is we've gotta give my whole life to God. Give it all, give it all. We go all in. You want God's best, you go all in. You go all in. This is, a, this is an all or nothing deal. Jesus doesn't want much from you, just your whole life. Other than that, don't want much. He just wants all you got. But how many know if there's any man who deserves all of me, it's the God who gave all of him for me. It's all of it, it's all of it, all of it, all of it. So, so I wanna read this, I wanna read this last verse to you. And I, and I want this to be the prayer of our heart tonight, or this morning. Watch this, Deuteronomy 4 says this, but if from there, now highlighted this from there, 
Because for some of you, this is, this is where you're at right now. From, from there, if you wanna go to where God wants you to be, many of us are wrestling between who we are and who God wants us to be. But from there, from where you're at right now, from where your marriage is right now, from where your relationship is right now, from, from, from where you are with God right now, from there, if you seek the Lord, your God, you will find him. If, these are all conditional, so if you seek, if you seek him with all your, and with all your, and with all your soul. One of my, one of my favorite lines in a wedding ceremony is the line that we get to do when we say, from this day forward. How I many know that's a defining moment in the ceremony? It's like this. From this day forward, I know I used to be a playboy, but from this day forward, I am, I am all in. I know I used to be all with her, but from this day forward, I'm all in. I know before I had all these mistakes, but from this day forward, I am moving. I know this is what my past says about me, but from this day forward. How I many know we need a from this day forward in our relationship with God? Jacob had a from this day forward. Jacob went from Jacob to Israel. He had a from this day forward moment with God. That moment that he had just between him and the Lord, from that moment forward, watch the rest of the story. He goes back to his brother. Okay, if you, if you fast forward this, this chapter 32, he goes back to his brother thinking that his brother is going to kill him. And as he's walking towards his brother, guess what his brother does? runs to him, grabs him, puts his arms around him. His father, his, his brother, had already begun the process of forgiving him long before. I wonder what is keeping us from going all in because we're fearful of what the response is gonna be, but it may be different than you can even imagine. He got, he got watch this. When he had a from this day forward with God, it not only restored his relationship with God, it restored his relationship with his family. And come on, that's what I'm believing for. For some of you in here, it first starts with my relationship with God. I get this right. Some of y'all like, God, fix my family. God, fix this. God, fix this. God, I need help in my marriage. God, I need help in this. And God's going, no, 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 no. We fix this first. We fix this first. We fix this first. And then when this gets fixed, everything else gets fixed. So let's stop wrestling with God. Let's stop wrestling with our identity. You are a son of God, a, a daughter of God. The father of all fathers has named you. He has called you by name. He loves you to every high school senior in here. You are loved. You are valuable. God's hand is on you. God's best is for you. God is gonna work through you. God is gonna use you. Don't let anything in culture define who you are. You are a man of God, a woman of God, called by God, to used by God. If you can get that right, now, I'm telling you, your world will never be the same. And everybody in here that didn't get that till late in life said, <laughs> come on, I mean, no, if you go all out for God at teenager years, come on, it's all totally different than if you wait till you're 40 or 50 or 60. I'm telling you, this is it. God, let us seek you with all our heart, with all of our soul. I know I've screwed up previous relationships. I know I've lied. I know I've deceived, but from this moment forward, God. God, today, Lord, we surrender our lives to you. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. 
Just like the, 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 the story of Esau running out to greet his brother, we know that same story is when the prodigal son comes home to his father and his father runs out. He says, welcome home, son. Welcome home, son. For those, God, that have just been wrestling with their identity and who they are in you. God, those who have been wrestling with their past, that the enemy wants to keep bringing their past back up again, back up again. We thank you, Lord, that that you forgive it, you forget it. God, as you said to the woman who was caught in adultery, look up, no one's condemning you. Go and sin no more. God, I pray that this would be a, a from, from this moment forward, moment for many people in this room, those that are watching online right now, And I just gotta make this call. If you're here and you would say, Pastor Josh, I know, man, I've been living my life for myself. I've wrestled with my identity. I've wrestled with my past. And really be honest with you, I've been wrestling with God. But today I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to to surrender it all. I'm ready to give him all control of everything. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, that's me. One, two, three. If that's you going up all across this room, come on. This is our moment. This is our moment. Come on, hands going up all over the place. Thank you, over here in the back, over here in the left, left in the back, back there, over there, right here in the front, thank you. Over here on the side, anybody else? If that's you online, just let us know. Our, our online team right now wants to pray with you. If that's you, just raise your hand. I just want you to repeat this after me and we're gonna pray this right here with you as a church. And I want you to mean this with all of your heart. Say, say dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to come into this world and go all in for me. He lived a life I couldn't live. He obeyed his father. He submitted to his father, even to the point of death. He took my sin, my shame, and my guilt on the cross. He died for it because he wanted a relationship with me. But he rose again from the grave to give me a relationship with the father, to forgive all of my sins, to give me a place in heaven, to give me purpose on earth. Today I repent of my sins. I give up control. God, have my life. It's no longer about me. God, touch my life. Change me. Give me a new name. Show me my identity in you. From this moment forward, I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.